Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this SME SOS podcast special. Through this series, I plan to help those who own small businesses, as well as those dreaming of being their own boss, as we navigate through the most difficult time. I'd like to thank NatWest, Dell, 3 and Royal Mail for joining us in supporting the small business community at this unprecedented time and helping to bring this free podcast to life. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown The guests I welcome this week all had one thing in common. Their businesses, even in these trying times, are thriving. That's not to say it's easy or that they aren't learning valuable lessons and insights, but I think it is important to hear from founders who have found themselves picking up the pace whilst the rest of the world slows down. If you want to hear any of these interviews in full, head over to holly.co. Later on, I'll be talking to Pippa Murray, founder of Pippa Nut, and Jane Hardy, the founder of the social enterprise, the Blurt Foundation. But first, it's Jo Touchner-Sharp, the founder of Scampin' Dude, who created her company after being separated from her young sons whilst in hospital for brain surgery. With its core purpose to ensure that children always feel connected to their loved ones, even when apart, the brand has gone from strength to strength and now has a whole line of loungewear too. Now, how are you feeling? Because I know you and I have been catching up for a little while now and then you got poorly yourself. Yeah, I'm so much better now. I'm back, I'm back, almost back to normal, thank goodness, but it was a month of feeling pretty ropey. So, yeah, sorry, I missed the last one. You no, don't be silly. And going to you and your business, um, you closed your high street shop in Highgate. Tell me about what that experience has been like and, you know, anything that you've learned that you could share with anyone else that has a physical space. Well, I think for us, the shop was such a tiny part of the business. Our online store is the main um, yeah. the main. But I did. I do love the shop, and it's seeing the customers and meeting the customers. It was really sad when that shop, when we had to close it. But I think for us, my biggest worry was if the website had to close down. Like if our fulfillment companies couldn't fulfil orders, that was that, that was what was keeping me awake at night. And that yes, I'm very worried. And we've we've got such a brilliant um, fulfillment company that they have been really professional, keeping us posted with everything that's been going on, and they've been so great. But luckily, we've been able to keep it open, which means we've been able to keep the website open. And you know, the fact that we sell stylish loungewear is actually. It's, we've had really, really busy couple of months because everyone wants to be wearing loungewear. So, and I think also people want to shop with brands who stand for something. Yes. Before we spoke, I was saying to everyone to listen to your podcast with me and we had such a lovely chat. But mm. um, what I wanted to just touch on is that your business is based from your, you know, uh, hardship that you went through yourself with your health into building a business, Scamp and Dude, um, I've spoken to this community so much and we, we're going into the era of the caring consumer and so much more so now. You know, we're going to come out of this with even, I believe, a better consumer than we ever, you know, possibly had before. Have you found that the soul of your business has really propelled your company maybe further than if you didn't have that sort of um, compass? I definitely it definitely is and I think I hear stories of people 
when they see some when they're wearing scamp and dude they see someone else wearing scamp and dude they give each other a little knowing look and often they'll give each nod and a little smile and it's not just because they're wearing the same brand jumper it's because they're kind of part of this club of of being in this group that care and that like to help and like to do it's 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 it really is a community like it's being part Mm -hmm. of something and I think it's like recognizing that when they see each other wearing it. Also, I think I've get lots of messages from people saying, I want to support a brand who helps other people, not just, it's not just about making money. And I think that's, I'm the same, like when I'm buying things now, I, I much prefer buying things from smaller brands where I know these people are putting their blood, sweat and tears into it and all their hearts going into it. Even more so if they're also helping other people along the way and doing something, giving back in some way. And I think that that means more to us now than it used to, I think. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, um, before you go, what's probably the thing that you think that you're, as a businesswoman and a founder, what you think you're going to take out of this entire experience? I think it's an appreciation of everyone that, that works together to make the cogs turn. Also just an appreciation of the community like all the 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 orders every order i think this is people choosing to put their money and support us and that's i'm so appreciative of that as well um and 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 my team i've got an awesome team very lucky to have um we're a tiny team but an awesome team so and we've always worked remotely that's another thing so everyone this new working from home thing we've always done it so I, th- I think flexible working is so important because my team, my customer service manager is in Manchester. My marketing manager is in Wolverhampton. It doesn't matter where you are. You can get great people. This has always been my, my, um, my thoughts was you live in London. You have these great jobs in London. Then you want to move out. You want to start a family. You want to buy a house rather than a flat. You move out and you think your career is done. Who's going to employ me in Wolverhampton or Manchester? I want to work for a big company or a company I love. Whereas I've managed to get, like my marketing manager's ex-Topshop marketing manager, but she moved to Wolverhampton. So she couldn't work for Topshop. So she can work for us. And it's, <laughs> and like, this is what- How brilliant. Get these amazing people all around the country that aren't working for those big, huge brands because they're mm. not living in London. Mm. Well, we'll have them. <laughs> absolutely yeah and you've all you've got to do is trust and have a trust that they're going to put the hours in because some people go how do you know they're actually working and you're like that's so archaic of course they're going to be working and they're so they're so passionate like my my team love the brand they love it and they put everything into it and and that i know they're going to put the work in because they're they love being part of it and they love the fact that they can do what Mm. they're doing from home from Mm. Manchester or Wolverhampton are from wherever they are and I think that's what more people should uh, look at. I think you know I oh gosh you and I could talk for ages on this I think everything as I said at the beginning of this interview that I think everything is going to change and I think you were just ahead of the curve um, because I, I do believe that this is going to open up the country um, it's yeah. going to potentially release people from the shackles of being in London um, to where bosses are now going to be more flexible um, yeah. and actually huge opportunities are going to be created so I'm really excited about that but I've been so happy to talk to you I'm so happy to see you healthy again we're nearly there um, and you are just uh, really well you're ahead of the curve on so many things that we've spoken about a brand with 
with purpose and it's just always always a pleasure thank you see you soon I absolutely agree with what Joe was saying there about remote working. Actually, it's a decision in the last few days that I have made at Holly & Co that we will never go back to working in the office nine to five ever again. We are agile. We are all on the same mission and with so many different tools to help us keep connected. I know we will lose nothing and gain everything. I'll be sharing exactly what we're doing here at Holly & Co over the next few weeks. The way in which we will work has been revolutionised forever. I actually think it's been a long time coming and that the idea of having a physical office where you have all your employees in one place is almost archaic. The nine to fivers have tasted what we as small businesses already knew. The beauty of your life being one whole life rather than being split into two halves work and life. And it takes me back to the brilliant Henry Dimbleby, the co-founder of Leon, talking about just that. I would say, first of all, I think that the concept of work-life balance is a very dangerous one. So it suggests that somehow there's this thing that work, which supports your life, and then there's this other thing that's life, and it's just kind of insane way of looking at things there's just life if you're an entrepreneur don't be bound by the conventions of work you know one of the great things about lots of really shitty things about being an entrepreneur one of the great things are you are the boss so don't be embarrassed about bringing your kids into work all the time or leaving early to take them to the you know to pick them up for school that is one of the most amazing things about an entrepreneur you have freedom over your time week NatWest give away their ad break space on conversations of inspiration and now when small businesses need our support more than ever they have extended this opportunity across this podcast special and if that wasn't enough I am thrilled to announce that NatWest will be giving six ad break winners their own bespoke business mentoring package including one-to-one mentoring and coaching sessions for more information head over to holly.co And now, over to this week's brilliant independent ad break winner. Hello, Holly & Co listeners. My name is Jay Richards, and I am the co-founder of Imagine. I am the son of immigrant parents. My mum is Jamaican, and my dad is Australian and German. I'm also number five of six kids. Growing up in my house was always fun and always noisy. I was good at being bad at school, but my business studies teacher, alongside my parents, helped me to focus on my strengths and talents, and that completely changed my life. At Imagine, we enable agencies and brands like the NFL and Stella McCartney to build their products, branding and marketing by enabling them to collaborate with over 200,000 16 to 25 year olds from across the UK who work as consultants for us. I love that at Imagine, we get to crowdsource ideas and talent so that young people from all backgrounds can get the opportunity to showcase their strengths and talents at the highest level. We are able to help others as I was helped. Please visit us at imagineinsights.com. That's I-M-A-G-E-N insights.com. Thank you so much for listening. The 
idea of the way in which we work being transformed very much underpins my next conversation with Pippa Murray, founder of Pippa Nut. Pippa was the first guest that I have welcomed from the food industry and has experienced firsthand the huge increase in demand from customers as well as the supermarkets that she supplies. This was a conversation packed full of everything from how to get your product to the supermarket shelves and her staff working remotely to her very own personal transformation that she has seen as a result of this period of our lives. Hi! (laughs) How are you? I'm good. Tell me how you are personally and how everything is in your business. It's strange, isn't it? Because I think it's gone through different waves. I think the initial first sort of four or five, four weeks, um, I think it was just kind of running on adrenaline, I think like a lot of people. um, And a lot of anxiety, I think, but I think over the over the weeks, it has started to, I've started to get into more of a rhythm. As a business, we're starting to sort of settle in a bit more. Yeah, and I think when you run a startup, you, you do get used to that sense of like things change and you have to pivot. Um, but it doesn't stop it from being uncomfortable when you can't feel like you're in control of a scenario. In an environment like this, which is so changing and so uncertain, it, it can, you know, that's when you get your sleepless nights, isn't it? Um, yeah. Your AM wake-up calls. So yeah, it creeps into your psyche, I think. Tell me how business has been and how it's impacted your business and your team. Yeah, so I guess in lots of ways, we uh, people has been quite fortunate. So sort of nut butter is quite a staple. It's something that a lot of people have in their kitchen cupboards. Um, and I guess with pe- more people eating at home than they've ever done before. And I guess particularly in the early stages when people were buying and sort of panic buying, um, we did see just a astronomical spike in sales um one that wow came out 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 the blue um supermarkets has been a difficult one to keep up with um the number one goal is about getting product into stores as best you possibly can so you know if you're talking to your buyer the first thing they'll ask is like how's your service level being like have you been able to meet the demand and we're all about the number one focus is on can we make our supply chain run during a really unstable period of time and if we can meet that demand then you can keep your buyers happy you know there's a lot of pressure on the team to deliver and I guess for us we know we're in a bit of a bubble and we know that bubble will probably burst at some point well that's what I was going to say to you so that this pressure in a way is you know you're in a bubble of massive demand um but potentially that's not going to continue and how do you you know manage that um moving forward is it, is it just not a question of just slowing down you know taking your foot off the accelerator or are there hidden things there Pippa that you know doesn't really work with the planned growth you had for your company yeah so um that's a good question because there's just the um potential recession that you know we might see around the corner which can be a real struggle for you know premium brands as I think so. But, you know, you know, so I I believe visually today it was announced that we are in recession. You know, I sort of I I built not in the high street in the recession. And I I really do believe that that is a very different recession than last time. You know, we're we're more awake, I would say, at the wheel of this one. You know, I actually do now believe that, you know, your customers um, who have started to love your brand because of you, Pippa, because of everything you've put into it and because of the premium nature and the goodness of your product, people are going to vote with their precious pounds. Yeah, and I think what's been, like, 
really heartening is the the sense of community that you do feel and I think there is yeah a, a heightened responsibility I think generally that corona has kind of shown us around kind of I guess the that we're a global community and actually um, we've got to be more conscious of of not of the environment around us of the communities around us I guess what I'm saying is that I hope um, I'm being more cautious than I probably would be normally as a as a business owner about some of the I don't know big bets that we're going to be planning for over the next few months because I hope what you're saying is true and I I also do in the back of my mind think that that will be the outcome but I think until I get a bit more feeling what the environment's like I kind of want to sit and hold tight and pull the purse strings in myself and sort of wait and see but I think there's in lots of ways so much opportunity for small brands I mean we've seen huge growth on our direct-to-consumer model it's grown by about a thousand percent over the last so that's and and again for the sort of non-business chat that is basically customers coming to your site not going to Sainsbury's or anywhere else and actually just wanting to buy you know we would all like something to grow a thousand percent in our business (laughs) absolutely no I actually it's 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 given us the 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 kind of onus to actually go after it a bit harder and actually what I love about that is it's, it's the one channel that we as a brand can totally curate. So as a brand owner, I actually love it because you can really pay attention to like customer. The detail. Ads. What about you and that feeling that you've now dipped your toe into this wonderful thousand percent growth? But, you know, for you, would you now consider, well, actually, I bet you there's the, the comments will go crazy because when you like nut butter, you like it, um, <laughs> would, would probably subscribe to getting um, one of your jars, you know, every month. Yeah, and um, we're looking into sort of subscription model and how we can make that kind of work for our, within our business. But uh, I mean, I think it's such a big opportunity. And, and like I said, it's all about how do you make that shopping experience better than what it would be if you were being going through a retailer or a normal traditional retailer. And and that's everything from you know, if you are using paid advertising, how do you make that paid advertising both something that's useful to in terms of selling but also great content how do you support your community through interesting newsletters that give them I don't know exciting recipe inspiration how do, and, and it's just thinking about every single touch point and I think in that sense like I said when you're a real when you're a small business owner and you care about every tiny detail I do think you can win there because you'll be so fanatical about making sure the customer mm. is part of it And just one of my questions to you, um, we're right now in the throes of working out how Holly & Co will not change, you know, because I've been trying to make sure that everyone understands that you can't be the same company as you were. And so if that is the case, what changes are you going to make? And I couldn't then just go back to being the same. Um, Tell me about yourself, because how has this remote working worked for you and the office? I think this has been transformational for it. I mean, the ease at which we adapted, I actually found astonishing. I think the kind of quality of time that you get around work is so much better if you are strict on yourself about stopping. You know, we have, for instance, this afternoon, every Wednesday afternoon in our business, we have Zoom-free, we use Zoom, um, Zoom-free afternoons because we noticed really quickly just how exhausted people were by the end of the week. Um, And I think that came from being on back-to-back video conferencing we try and now give some space for people to do quiet time um 
but yeah, I do think there's hopefully a shift around work life. I couldn't agree more. And in your advice for small businesses going through this, do you do you have any key things that you've thought about that you want to pass on? Is there anything that you've learned that you would want to pass on? Yeah, I think one thing that I found really interesting over the past sort of two months was that um, my decision making's completely changed. I don't know if this is similar with you, but I feel like I'm being more decisive and clearer, more clear-minded about why, mm-hmm. what we should be working on and what we should drop. And I think sometimes when you're um, because it's been in a bit more of a crisis mode, you, you know, you feel that like you need to be much clearer with your communication, much more regular communication to people. And it has built my confidence up because I've had to be more sort of assertive and, and kind of decisive, which sometimes I can struggle with. Bless you. Thank you for sharing all you've shared and for being, I knew you'd be so honest and open with everyone and you, and, and you have again. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, absolute pleasure been so nice to see you Holly. I think Pip's reflection on what this time has meant to her are so insightful. I too very much have found such clarity in what has been an incredibly tense, stressful and worrying time for us all. As we start to move forward, I think we will look back at this time as a pivotal moment in our lives and businesses. For me, I know I certainly want to retain that sense of control of my time that I feel when I am at home, even though I'd been adamant that Holly & Co would be built in a way that complemented my life, openly saying I wanted to notice the seasons and not be stuck in a glass corner office. It seems that I was a moth to the flame and fell into conformity. I now absolutely feel that the new way in which Holly & Co will be moving forward will 100% set me up to live a happier, calmer and less adrenaline fueled good life. Since this thought had very much been at the forefront of my mind, this week I believed it would be very apt to speak to Jane Hardy, the founder of the Blurt Foundation, to talk about mental well-being. The Blurt Foundation is a social enterprise set up after Jane battled with depression throughout her 20s. After our conversation, I honestly felt like I'd had a therapy session. We talked all about how we can protect ourselves as well as those around us. If you want to hear more from Jane, do head to holly.co where the full video will be available to view later this week. Oh, hello. Hello. (laughs) Can you just tell me how you're doing personally through this unique experience that we're all sharing um just exhausted <laughs> but i don't you know i'm also yeah. i don't know what's happened i feel really creative which has been a really surprising thing that's happened i think it's just because there's less outside noise and so my brain's able to kind of join dots and ideas and it's been a really I, weird time i totally agree with you and i think you're right it's the noise that we normally have isn't it that we just we never allow our brains to settle and then just happen to come up with something. It's constantly being forced. And maybe that's what you're finding. Yeah, I think so. And I think I've stopped comparing myself to how anyone else's experiences are and being more forgiving, I think, than normal. So there's less of the negative loop in my head that's usually there. So that's not there anymore, which obviously frees up headspace, I think. So basically you have been helping people and dedicated the Blurt Foundation to helping people with depression. Now you've been running it for a while. What's your viewpoint on what you began? 
Depression, I was 24 when I was first diagnosed with depression, but with hindsight, I think I'd been struggling a little bit before that. And then, yeah, just got diagnosed, um, signed off work, given some antidepressants, and from there it just got worse. And it was when I was 29, approaching 30, I think, and struggling with suicidal thoughts that I kind of thought I'm either going to do it and just go ahead with that, or I'm going to have to make a change because I didn't want to lose my 30s in the same way as my 20s had gone. Um, but a real turning point was when my mum bought me a journal because she said that I'd always written when I was younger and I just started writing, just free-flowing writing, having ideas, letting things out. So I started writing a bit about tentatively about depression on that blog and it was the blog post that everybody kind of was sharing and replying to. And within 24 hours, I had nearly 200 kind of bits of feedback, whether it was DMs and emails and all sorts. And I, it just clicked for me that people, we might not be always comfortable talking to our loved ones about it because we might not be able to know how to start these conversations and they then might not know what to say. But actually, there's an abundance of people online who have experienced what we experienced, who can use their force, their hindsight as our foresight and help us with their experience and things. And just I latched onto that. And then I latched also onto that Dom used to say to me, just blurt it out. Whatever's going on in your head, just blurt it out and we'll work and muddle through it. And then it was just the joining of those two things, really, that came to be blurt. Gosh, what a story. What a story. And I love that. You just said blurt it out and we'll work it out together. In the circumstances that we're in now, what is your advice or what have you been giving out as advice um, to those who are finding themselves really struggling Gosh, it's so difficult because everybody's experience of this is so yes. layered yes. and so different. I think don't compare your experiences to somebody else um, and just lean into the things that bring you comfort, warmth and joy because there will be things that there will. Me, me at the moment, it's blankets. I'm, I, I don't, didn't realise quite how much I was finding this tricky until I realised I was never without a blanket. It's the comfort of the warmth of it and the weight of it that, that helps ground me. So I think just leaning to those things. We started a hashtag seeking sunshine to try and get people to look for things that are bringing them a little bit of comfort and warmth in this time. As well, it's really hard, it's much harder to be supported now because lots of our social groups have been splintered. Yes, um, yes. But do not hesitate to reach out to any of the you know national charities, local charities um, that have text lines or helplines. Do not hesitate to reach out. People, I think people are starting to think that other people have always got it worse than them. But if we don't reach out early enough, then that could be us. So always reach out. We've got um, on Facebook. We've got um, we do a checking in post every day, and we're asking everyone how they are and you know it's so beautiful but don't want to cry but um everyone's kind of just replying to one another and supporting one another and it's so so beautiful so don't hesitate to dive in there you've always got something to offer other people and sometimes helping other people out of a tough spot can help ourselves out of one and it's about i don't know i think it's about working as a team it's about family self-care not just us as individuals it's about checking in to see how everyone's feeling and i think self-care it might not look like it did before you might have less time for self-care than you did before but just even the littlest anchors in your day making sure you're getting enough to drink do prioritize sleep a lot of lot of magical things happen when we're sleeping you know lots of processing of our experiences and recharging so prioritize sleep if you can if the, even if those are the two minimal things you know sleep water get some sunlight if you can vitamin d is um the symptoms of being deficient in vitamin d can mirror the symptoms of depression so 
do make sure that you're getting some sunshine if you can take it back to basics if that's the least that you do take it back you to know, basics you know that's such great advice because that is going to be really positive for people to potentially create habits habits that actually could see them coming out of this even if they're feeling low you've written hugely about this you've had um hugely successful book on the subject the self-care journal can you just touch on that so for me i'm always asked to try and brand self-care off in a really simple way and i think that for me it's always what future me me will thank now me for so that that is often doing things like opening the post and stealing with it. I hate opening the post. It's one of my things I really hate doing. There's a pile and I just sit and do it. And then I thank myself for it. It's making the doctor's appointment that I put off. I think the most important fundamentals of self-care aren't always the thing that feel nice doing them. They're sometimes the thing that feel great once you've done them. Um, so I, th- I always just think of it as what's the future mean? I thank now me for. And some, you know, it's that, and that for me isn't eating a bucket of ice cream. <laughs> I just think, how is future, is will future me thank me for this? And it, that changes my perspective on every decision that I make and every act that I do. And also, I want there to be a future me. I do for my daughter more than anything. So what, how can I, what can I do now? It's going to give me longevity and vitality and, and the health so that we get to enjoy each other for longer. Gosh, gosh, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so, so much. I've, I've oh. just really enjoyed it. Everything Jane said, I found so insightful, but it was her idea that self-care should be recognised as something your future self will thank you for. That really struck me. I hadn't heard it described like this before, but it really stopped me in my tracks and made me consider what I really understand to be self-care in my own life. Let's now reflect on some happy news stories out there. Instagram released a new story sticker to encourage support for small businesses. When you use it, your photo will be added to a shared story so your friends can see which businesses you love and you can see their favourites too. I've already discovered so many amazing small businesses. You should definitely give it a go. And a number of post boxes across the UK have been painted blue as a token of thanks to the NHS staff battling the coronavirus pandemic. As well as bearing the colours of the National Health Service, the post boxes also have Thank You NHS emblazoned on the side in white paint. And this week I read a survey which found that two months of COVID-19 lockdown have made Britain a kinder and more united country. Up from around 40%, 67% of Brits consider Britain a kind country. How bloody brilliant is that? And I always want to shine a light on brilliant examples of community, creativity and just generally small businesses doing amazing things. Every week I'd like to include shout outs to brilliant small businesses going above and beyond with great colourful ideas. I love to hear about them so please do tag me on Instagram and I will keep my eyes peeled. 
To celebrate International Nurses Day, earlier this week, Freddie's Flowers sent flowers to nurses working at London hospitals. You can see the delight if you check out his Instagram. Social enterprise think to speak have collaborated with the brilliant illustrator Rebecca Strickson, who kindly gave a talk to some of my team this week. They designed mindfulness colouring books to help families struggling to get through lockdown. For every one purchase, they'll donate one to a child experiencing poverty. And so far, they've given away 1,500 well-being boosting colouring books to food banks. And finally, I love a good collaboration. And the latest from Earl of East, an uncommon creative studio, is just brilliant. The cleverly named Sense of Normality is an exclusive collection of candles that smell like places we most miss during lockdown. Choose from the cinema, the festival, or my favourite, the local. And all proceeds go to hospitality action. Collaboration is just the best. I don't know about you, but it really does feel like we're taking the first steps to emerging out of this period of our lives. Slowly but surely, it is a feeling like a bit of normality is returning. I touched on it last week, but we've decided not to use the phrase the new normal. Instead, we're just going to describe everything new as better. Because I truly believe that the lessons we have learned in this time, the way it's forced us to consider the ways in which we live our lives, to evaluate what is truly important to us, as well as push our businesses into places that we haven't tested or explored before, will all mean we live better. I'll be asking the community this very question and hearing all their answers over in the Facebook group this week. If you haven't yet joined, please do. It is a wonderful community filled with lots of creative and kind founders, all very willing to share their own advice and supportive words. And coming up this week, we have three more insightful experts joining me on Instagram. Edward Perry, founder of Cook, Steve Barclay MP, who is the Secretary to the Treasury, and Rachel Wilkins from Dell. And don't forget, you can catch up on any of our previous guests by heading over to holly.co. It doesn't matter if you don't share our experts' industry. There is always something that you can learn by the ways others are tackling their market, their business and their demons. Finally, before you go, can I ask a favour? I'd appreciate it so much if you would rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. As I say, rating and reviewing this podcast helps us increase our visibility and support and reach to so many other small businesses and founders. And I would love you to help me spread that word. I'd so appreciate it. I'd like to take this opportunity again to say thank you to NatWest Dell 3 and Royal Mail for helping us to bring this free podcast special to life. And finally, thank you to you because you're the wind beneath my wings and I want to wish you, your families and your business all the very best. Stay safe, stay in and I'm sending you all so much love. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come to when you are lying in your bed And if you want your friends to come then bring them